1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the program our Detroit Lions season ticket holding music expert, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How are you? A little nervous about Sunday. It's, it's, you know, it's a game that counts. Here we are, week 18, and it counts. How long have you been a Lions season ticket holder? I think since 2000, I want to say. So you got in right when they were really right horrible. When they, when they were moving into the stadium. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stadium. All right. So you're not, like, you weren't a, I don't even know when you would be a bandwagon jumper if you bought season tickets. No, you know, when, no I just like no, football. No there, with the Lions? Yeah. No, there is none, I no. don't think. Because no, they're but, it's, it's, it's like football. It's fun to be. It's fun to go on a Sunday. And now, now okay. you're now you're no. a season ticket holder for a team that's playing for a game that hopefully I'm really hoping that the Seahawks lose so that this game Means, is yeah. is all the marbles. Can you imagine NBC if you know if the Seahawks win and they're like yeah, but you know now there's this talk about adding an eighth playoff spot that I guess the NFL owner the owners are meeting about this morning. Oh, because of because uh, of the Buffalo Cincinnati game, right? So there's, uh, there's why some... do they need an eighth playoff spot? It, it, it to me, it's, it would seem to kind of muck up the works. But yeah, you know, again, if it makes Sunday's game mean more, oh, maybe I'm okay with it. Just this once. <clears throat> when was the last time the Lions played a game on the final game of the season? Actually, the very final game of the season this year. Uh, that mattered this much. That had it would have would have been the last time they were in the playoffs, which I want to say was. Oh nine. Okay. So you yeah. sat in Michigan patiently waiting. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know about the patient part. <laughs> I think yeah, I think you just move on to other teams. Uh, what's the feeling? What's the pulse of the Motor City these days? You know, excited because it just has, doesn't happen. You know that, that we get to the very end of the season, and you know here we are. Oh, they had a wild card game against the Seahawks in 2016. Was it 26? Okay. Hmm. Was it in Detroit or in Seattle? I was in Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Yeah, we haven't had a home game here since we beat the uh, playoff game, since we beat the Cowboys uh, back in 90, whatever it was. 90. Holy cow. 30 years ago. Like 30 something, almost 30 years. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is a drought. It's a good place to be if you are a football aficionado and not necessarily a home team fan. So how in love with the, your head coach is Detroit right now with Dan Campbell? Everybody's digging him. You know, he, they even liked him last year when he, when he didn't win. But, you know, he's, he's a real magnetic, energetic, exciting personality. And, you know, you feel like he's, he's the real deal. You know, much more so than the parade of uh, nummies that we had before him. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, he had kind of a cartoony image with just all maybe just being uh, slogans, you know. He's a big person. He's just a big personality, and that plays well here. Yeah. Listen, if you got nothing else, you know, a coach with a big personality will play. Here's what I'm hoping for for Sunday night, and then we'll move on to to music news. You have the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. They have a long history in the NFL, right? Right. I want to see these two teams in their best uniforms. 
on Sunday night. Oh, and that's I a don't weird wanna, knockoff. I don't want to see some all grayed out Lions thing. I want to see the 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 Lion jersey, the silver, the blue, the Hawaiian blue jersey, the uh, the silver pants. Yeah, we'll, be the, white, we'll be the white jersey on Sunday, right? With yeah. the blue Visiting. with the blue numbers. Yeah. Um, Lion on the helmet, you know, in that attack position. They, Detroit has such a great uniform and great logo, and I feel like they just let it, like they're they're wasting it. Well, they wear it most of the year. You I know, mean, last, I'm last talking. I want to see. I want to see them look like it's 1970. That uniform, <laughs> you know. Well, the, the current well, uniform changed it since then, but that, but not much. The current uniform yeah. is is not too far from the classic uniform, the main uniform. That's what I want to see him in. For a game this okay. big, wear your best uniforms. Everybody. Right. Everybody. Yeah, I agree. No goofy Packer uniforms. Either. Yeah, no all white, uh, no all gray. No I don't all... want to see some color rush crap yeah. or anything like that. Or some nah, throwback. You want, playoffs, you want the real thing. Yeah. yeah. I just want two classic football teams going at it for all the marbles on Sunday night. On to music news. How is all it right. possible for Taylor Swift's cat? They have $97 million. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand myself, but, uh, but you know, the, the Taylor Swift cat um, was value, you know, has been valued at uh, $97 million, uh, you know, that by this, um, by the, uh, the ultimate pet rich list. Uh, go figure. Um, it's, how much control does the cat have of the money? Of the money, uh, zero. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, apparently, uh, Taylor Taylor's cat is an Instagram influencer. She's a Scottish <laughs> fold cat, by the way. Okay. And also, they they count appearances in music videos, merchandise, because she does have her own merchandise line. The cat does. Uh, yeah. So Cameos. does the cat go to the bank and say? I'd like to meow meow deposit five million dollars, meow meow, please. I would love to see that. Yeah, me too. It's like yeah. Toonsons. You know, and I don't know if, you know, they've somehow they've incorporated the cat so that she can, you know so that you know, Olivia well, Benson can you know, have a does have a bank account or anything like that. I'm sure that's possible. Bob brought that up earlier. Like, is this some kind of tax dodge? Is this some kind of money shelter? You know, I, I'm I'm not an accountant. I only play one on TV, so I'm not sure the answer to that. Would you, as a tax guy, really want to sit down across from the IRS and say, "All right, sir," and who and the, the cat yeah, uh, <laughs> wishes. If, it, if it's legal. If yeah. it's legal. That's I, the thing, I yeah. get the feeling yeah. it's just a way of Taylor Swift yeah. saying, I have so much money, I have a rich cat. Oh, I think I think it's a gimmick. I mean, I think it's the ultimate pet rich list that's the gimmick. You know, I, mm. I don't know that Taylor Swift put in, you know, to have, to have Olivia Benson be <laughs> well, on the ultimate see, pet rich list. They just did it. And by the way, she's not the richest pet in the world. She's no. number three. Right. No. She may be richer than the name she actually took from the character Mariska Hargitay. Well, see, the other right. reason it seems like a tax dodge or a shelter is because the cat has a first and last name, which, <laughs> you know, if you're going to fill out some forms for, I don't know, the IRS or someone. When you have a cat worth $97 million, dollars, name. you have that cat chipped, right? So One would, would hope. I think so. <laughs> One would hope at ninety-seven million the cat has bodyguards. <laughs> yeah, some German Shepherd to watch. Or a Doberman. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, no, I do. I do think in the end, this is just you know one of these fun, silly stories we get to talk about. But all right, here's another one for you: fun, <laughs> silly story. Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" co-writer says, "Nah, she may not be telling the truth on how this song was written." Yeah, yeah. So this is Walter Afanasieff, and you know, if you look at a lot of pop hits, you know, especially from the '90s and 2000s, you'll see his name on there as a writer and producer. So Mariah's been walking around talking about how, you know, she wrote this song as a kid on a little Casio keyboard, you know, this or that. And over the holidays, Walter Afanasiev called BS on this. Uh, you basically said, nah, you know, first of all, Mariah doesn't play Jack, you know what, in yeah. terms of an instrument. You know, she wouldn't know a, you know, a black, a black key from a white one. She wouldn't know her ebony from her ivory. Okay. You know, but they, basically, the two of them sat down in what he said was a very nice hotel suite and came up with this song. You know, she she suggested the tone she wanted to sing in, and he came up with this kind of boogie-woogie rock piano bit, and then she started singing kind of ad-libbing lyrics, and then they ping-ponged ideas back and forth, and in the end had a song that became this massive hit. The but biggest, yeah, he, the biggest he was, Christmas song of all time, right? Of all time, yeah. Yeah, yeah the what we figured out what gets it nets her about. Well, I think it's it's net is about six point one million a year and nets her about one point six million was the was what came out yeah, towards the end of the Taylor year. Taylor Cat's Taylor Swift's cat doesn't get out of bed for one point <laughs> six million. Doesn't it doesn't have to. <laughs> So hmm. that number used to be impressive that once a year just to check for 1.6 mil rolls in, but now that I heard about Taylor Swift's cat, I'm not yeah, that, no, Im I mean, you know, not you that impressed. The, you know, you get the stretch and it's $2 million <laughs> with that cat. Dolly Parton and Dion Warwick are going to team up now? Yeah. Dolly's, yeah, that's, Dolly's yeah. just going to work with everybody now. It it's seems just, like it. And, you know, she's, Dolly is working on her rock album, hasn't announced a release date with it, but as, as we've spoken about, is talking about doing a lot of cool things on that album, but now she's going to team up with Dion Warwick um, with Dion says it's a gospel song called Peace Like a River uh, that Dolly wrote. It's an original, and she's approached Dion about recording it, and she says, Dion says they're going to do it. Uh, she didn't say when. She didn't say when it'll be out, So, but they're going to do it. Before she's got to release that album she was working on, she was covering metal hits, right? Or what was she doing? Well, rock hits. It's a rock, rock hits, album. okay. You know, uh, you know, Dolly's doing it back ass words, and she gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Then she makes a rock album. Okay, you're going to have to correct me here. How do we pronounce her name now? Adele? Adele. Adele. Okay. Adele, or is that, it's not Adele? <laughs> Adelaide. <laughs> you're the music no, it's expert. A Dale. It's Adele. And so she is complaining. She told audiences over the week, over the holidays, you know, during, during her shows uh, at Caesar's Palace that she's suffering with sciatica, you know, and having trouble walking around. And this is, of course, a lower back ailment that, that does affect your walking. And so she's, she's soldiering on, you know, the show must go on and good for her. But she did make sure that we all knew about it. Yeah, I guess that's my question is why, why did she tell the crowd? Did she move badly on stage? or uh, she's, she... one of the, she's one of these diarrhea of the mouth performers. <laughs> Um, you know, just chatty. Wow. Celine Dion's like that. You know, they just they just kind of start talking and don't stop or seem to know when to stop. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it was kind of like the Bob just, and Brian show. Yeah. <laughs> a little different dynamic there, uh, of course, but just in the flow of things. You know, Adele okay. or Adele or whatever we're calling her now. 
you know, told the crowd that she has to waddle these days, and she has she has sciatica, and hopefully is being treated for it. It's painful. I know that. I know yeah, people yeah. have had it's sciatica. And it's, not a, it's, it's not. It yeah, hurts. Not that it's not serious. Yeah, it's a hip issue, isn't it? Like a lab gets sciatica. You know, I guess you know, according to WebMD, it's a condition that can cause pain that radiates from your lower back into the back, and then or side or your legs. Somebody did their homework, didn't they? Yeah, I feel like she's going to get a lot of advice, emails, letters. Oh, probably. You know, here's yeah, some do herb, this. some do doctor. This, do that. Maybe yeah, rub, that's what she wanted. Maybe rub, rub this on your back. Rub, yeah, you know, yeah. There will be all. Put this of on that. the bottom of your feet. <laughs> Some holistic yeah. deal or something like that. What's going on with Journey? It wouldn't be oh, a man, week in music news. Everything, you know, what isn't going on with Journey? So you know, Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane have just been throwing haymakers at each other uh, since since November. I think it all started in November. There was the first. There was a lawsuit that Steve Perry filed against the two of them, and then Neil and Jonathan started going at each other. The opening gambit is was Neil suing Jonathan over an American Express card for the band that. Neil didn't have access to that Jonathan controlled, and that it's just it's been you know social media messages back and forth, nasty grams, this and that, and now as Journey gets ready to start its 50th anniversary tour early next month, I think it's February 4th. So these guys are going to get on stage wow. together and work. You know they did it in 2018. Yeah. Um, this is this is nastier, without a doubt. It's basically Neil trying to exert his control over journey the latest was a twitter post in which he says no one is going to dictate to me at this point what i can and cannot do in regards to journey i haven't been there and not there and i'm not here to take orders never have and never will it's my band and i own it and as i and as and it and as i should and make the right changes as needed somebody asked him in in a comment you know who he was referring to and neil says well have a guess, of course, record, referring to Jonathan. And then previous to this, Neil had posted a photo of he and Greg Raleigh, the original keyboardist in Journey, who Jonathan replaced back in 1980 and had said, hey, what do you guys think about you know bringing uh, Neil, Greg Raleigh back for the 50th anniversary tour? Because it's been and, 40 years since he's played with the band, right? Yeah, I mean, he yeah. left in 80. And, you know, I would... Personally, I'd love to see it because I love that early Journey stuff, and I think Greg Raleigh's got not only is he a great keyboard player, he has a wonderful voice, and you know he he showed that was it forty in, years ago, Gary. That voice was forty well, years ago. What are the chances? We've seen, this we've, tour? Seen him with, we've seen him touring with Ringo as recently uh, as 2019, okay. and he's right. still got it. What are the chances uh, this tour is a shambles? It, you know, it's hard to say. I, I keep I keep. Thinking back to 2018, when again it seemed like they were they were at each other's throats, and they had a successful tour. And I I remember talking to the guys in Asia who were on tour with Journey, and they were like, "Yeah, they we're not seeing you know they're not throwing punches at each other back here. They they go on stage and they do the job. They see each other in catering and say hi. So when they go back to their own trailer, yeah, yeah, I mean, I it's still (laughs) it is hard to imagine." them hitting the road together in less than a month. It's almost as hard to believe that uh, Koda or Hoda Kotby and um, who's the co-host on oh. NBC? Savannah Guthrie oh, yeah. can't stand each other. I see that all the time on the internet, but I see them on screen smiling and drinking coffee and patting yeah. each other on the back. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. They're entertainers, right? I, they, they may know how to make it work. I, 
I, this is this is as nasty of, of a feud as, as I can remember seeing. Uh, how about uh, okay, not not a feud, but it's keyboard player Ario Speedwagon. Yeah, the Neil Doty, the original last original remaining original member of Ario Speedwagon, keyboard player. This week announced he's retiring from touring. Issued a message saying, you know, I want everyone to know that it's the traveling that finally got to me. Love playing, love seeing the fans, but. Just can't do it anymore. Whenever you looked at those REO uh, Speedwagon group pictures from their albums in the 70s, mm-hmm. he always reminded me of like, well, he's the Leonardo of the group. Remember Leonardo from Clyde Crash Cup? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not a bad Yeah, the little sh- yeah. short bald guy. <laughs> right. Oh, no, he, no, he wasn't. He's not the bald guy. No, he's not bald. That, that but was the bass player. He was, he, right. He was small. He just, you know what I mean, right, Gary? I was yeah, just, no, I know who you're, ta- I know who you're just, talking about. I, yeah, that's that's actually pretty good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. But he, but yeah, he's going to leave the band. Now, you know, as long as Kevin Cronin is still singing, it's it is a credible Ario Speedwagon. But you know, it is kind of the passing of an era that the last guy who's been in the band since since the beginning is, is leaving. How do they arrange the? I don't know the shares, the financing, the ownership of the band. Depend, you know, all band. There's no one size fits all in right. all this. You know, I'm I'm sure. You know, he's saying he's retiring from touring, but that doesn't mean he is no longer part of REO Speedwagon uh, Incorporated yeah. or whatever they called it. Uh, yes, for a long time had the very interesting model where if you were in the band, you were a full time, you know, shareholding owner partner in the band. When you left the band, you you lost that status. If okay, you but, joined the band, as many of them did over the years, you regained that status. So there's a chance he could still be on the board of REO oh, Speedwagon. No, I bet he totally <laughs> is, and he, you know, he he's he's one of the the owners of the name and the trademark. So now there will, are plenty of people out there, and I I I could almost throw myself in there, going, but wait, Kevin Cronin's still in the band. He well, was right. an original member, right? He now. wasn't an original. No, nah. he was the he was the second and fourth singer of the band. He, uh, like the he, Grover Cleveland of the band. Yeah, exactly. He joined, and then he, he split. He was famously airbrushed out of the cover of the huh. Ride in the Storm Out album, and then uh, he rejoined a, a few years later. Did he sing Ride in the Storm Out? Was he, that him? He did the initial recording, yeah. and then uh, Mike Murphy you know, wound up joining after Kevin left. So he's, right. the guy, he's the guy whose picture you see on the album cover. Sir Brian May? Yeah, that's yeah, he is the latest rock star to be knighted and I guess the first rock star knighted by King Charles. Oh right. Prince not Prince Charles, King Charles. Oh so, nice. Right, because so, yeah. when I read Queen's Brian May. I know yeah, it is yeah. it is kind of funny, you know, the, the guy from Queen is now has been knighted by the king. King, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, I imagine knowing those guys and I talked to Roger Taylor, the drummer, just about, you know, the Queen's passing. You know, in the in the view of a guy in a band called Queen, yeah. it would have been more poetic to be knighted by the Queen. But he seems happy and honored enough. It feels yeah, like it was an opportunity missed, or is the irony mm. of the, them being the first knighted by the King even right. a better story? Right, and yeah, Just we tend put to put the right PR guy on yeah. it. It'll work. We tend to forget that these British rockers of a certain age grew up as monarchists. You know, even if they're not monarchists now, the you know the monarchy was still a deep felt part of their childhood. So I think when a Brian May or a McCartney or a Jagger or a Rod Stewart or an Elton John, when they get these honor, these royal honors, it does mean a great deal to them. Well, let's see. 
he was born a little bit before Elizabeth. Right, but he was still from his but not not very long. He's maybe five when. Yeah, so from his childhood, you know, all all these guys, all they knew was, and they knew a, I guess, a more powerful monarchy. Not that the monarchy was ruling the country, but they were more revered than they are now. Well, I'd say he's probably seen him go through a few phases. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, in the end, they probably, and, you know, when I talked to Roger Taylor about it, he said, you know, he's not necessarily a monarchist, but they certainly respected Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, of course. Yes, they're yeah. they're British citizens. Yes, right. It's yeah. quite an honor. So, so, yeah, so he's honored. And, yeah, listen, I, hopefully Roger Taylor will get it one day, too. All right, Gary, we're out of time. When we All talk right. again next, we'll find we'll out. We'll talk next week. Yep, Sunday. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. <laughs> who's in and who's out. All yes, right. We will. Okay. All right, enjoy the game. Out. You too. I'm not going to wish you good luck. I'm just going well, to tell we you. We can't. Tell you <laughs> to enjoy. Uh, we're at odds here. But, uh, I hope so I let's, enjoy let's the game, game more than you do, <laughs> but enjoy the game. As it was very well put. All right. All right, Gary. Talk to you next week. Take care. Gary Graff, our music expert. <laughs>